Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. It's the Wednesday edition because we recorded it on Tuesday, and it is my favorite podcast of the entire year, of the entire series. It features two of the best. It actually features the two best fantasy analysts in the business. We're not even going to mess around with housekeeping, all that stuff. We're going to get right down to it, although I will tell you, if you go to the Draft app and you download the Draft app, Look, we're talking fantasy, right? You should be you should be in on this on the best ball stuff. Go to the draft app. Enter co- promo code PICK6, six p i c k space s i x when you make a deposit, and you will get a free best ball entry. We can do a listener league together. We'll fire that up middle of this week, and you can use this very podcast to get best ball advice when it comes to the rookie Saquon Barkley eligible. Jalen Samuels eligible, Ronald Jones eligible, all those guys. You can draft all those guys for that very podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get down to business, to the nitty-gritty. Jamie Eisenberg. Um, you, you you elevated Jalen Samuels into that group already, huh? It's the first name that popped in my head. I remember like the last <laughs> three podcasts. Jalen Samuels. Shocking. Huh? <laughs> uh, you know what? He's not even the best NC State running back that was drafted. No. Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines, yeah. going to be a sleeper. Uh, joining me uh, on the phone, Jamie Eisenberg, the first voice you heard, and Dave Richard, the second voice you heard. You should already know their voices because, again, they are the best fantasy analysts in the business. Fantasy Football Today, the podcast, is a must-listen, uh, not just during the season, but during the off-season. You guys might – I don't think you're better – in the off season, but I think you guys are so creative that the podcast tends to like you tend to really get you can absorb more. I think it's easier to absorb more knowledge in the off season. Do you guys find it that that's true at all, Jamie? Uh, to a certain extent, I, I think you know that's a credit to uh, our our host Adam Azer. It's also you know we probably aren't just in the grind of the season where it's you know everything is kind of regimented to a day. You know waiver yeah. wire roster trends things of that nature. So we get to you know kind of dissect things a little bit more um but i just wanted to go back to you know not uh, of everyone that you, you know you said knowing us you, you forgot about me on on draft i so felt awful about it you, you you tweeted out about everybody on the show and you left me out i was, I I was crushed i, I was crushed i felt but and then like well you know what i thought was happening i think i thought in the back of my mind that on that cbs sports hq show that because uh-huh. it was day three uh-huh. They would skew away from fantasy, but it, it turns out there was actually a lot of guys who got drafted because so many running backs and, and wide receivers fell. And that was an egregious error on my part, Jamie. And I, and I, <laughs> I didn't sleep last night or, or the few nights before that because of it. Um, you know what the funny thing was? Yes. I was, I, I was late that day. Oh. <laughs> So I thought you were watching. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I wouldn't, I didn't do any video on that either, but that's, you know, that's not a thing. By the way, uh, you guys should know that when, um, I talked to Azer about this podcast, Adam asked if he, if he could be on too. He wanted to be part of it too. And I told him he could be, but I thought it would be weird to have him in his cat house in New York. Uh, via Skype and you guys in, in the office there would distort the, the quality of the phone call. We can't have that. Um, good call by you. Yeah. And I, mean, I would love for Azure to be on. I love Azure. I think Azure's great. First question for you, because I think this is the ultimate thing that people care about from the, from the draft, from a fantasy perspective. Where will you be, where would you draft Saquon Barkley? And where do you think he'll be drafted? Jamie? Uh, well, I, I'm, we are doing just uh, – we can't talk about it, but we are doing our magazine draft for the CBS Sports um, Beckett magazine Tuesday. Who's, well, I guess we would have already done it. Right. We'll, we'll have right, done but, it. We'll have done it on Tuesday afternoon. Right. 
I, that so, means that I will have attempted to defend my championship. That's right. Well, no, that, uh, we do two versions. We do we do a May version and a June version. Two magazines. You should buy it when they come out in stores. Uh, but we play out the June version of the of the draft. You won that one. It was an amazing draft that you had, and uh, very astute commentary by you, uh, as you pointed out to me when I sent out the invitation for this draft about Todd Gurley and what his uh, rebound season could be. But I mean, another magazine draft, which I will not mention the publication to ruin it. But Saquon Barkley went sixth overall. Wow. In that draft. So I was a little bit surprised. It's half point PPR. Uh, I would take him probably as early as eighth, uh, most likely tenth, uh, but somewhere in the back half of the first round is where I expect him to go. What about you, Dave? He's going to be a first-round pick whether you like it or not. So just something for everybody to think about is do you think that Saquon Barkley is going to be the next Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley? Most of you are probably nodding and saying, yeah, that's what he's going to be, and therefore he is going to go in one of those first ten picks, probably closer to ten than one. And I don't really see a problem with it. I'd probably lean a little closer to ten. We're at a time right now where there's a lot of great running backs in fantasy, and you don't necessarily have to take the rookie. You can go with a guy that's got a little bit of experience and played well last year for a couple of years in the case of Le'Veon Bell and go with them and let somebody else take the the risk, however small it may be, on Saquon. So, Will, will the names that Dave mentioned, which are the last three running backs that were drafted of Gurley, Elliott, and Fournette in that order, and uh, drafted first in their class. Yeah. Gurley, in his rookie season, finished fifth mm-hmm. in standard scoring. Elliott finished second, and Fournette finished seventh. Zeke went so, first? Zeke was the first player drafted of his NFL draft class. No, no, oh, no, but he, no, 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 no. I know. You meant, you meant where they finished in fantasy. I, I'm, I'm stunned Zeke wasn't – who was – was Le'Veon Bell first that year when Zeke no, was – No, that was David Johnson. Oh, right, right, right. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, be, but that, so those guys, you know, in terms of the investment, you know, I, I know the NFL value – People don't necessarily love it with the Giants taking Barkley too. Fantasy owners, though, there's a very nice track record of these guys performing right away. And I think it's an interesting comp that you made with Gurley too, because Gurley went and played. This way, Gurley wasn't drafted to Sean McVay's Rams with Andrew Whitworth at, at left tackle. He went to a bad Rams team that didn't even have Jared Goff, and he still was a top five running back. Is that the close? Do you think that's the closest comp, uh, Dave, for for maybe? Saquon Barkley this year, a pass-catching running back, drafted that high, who is going to a team that, while it might be stacked with Odell Beckham and and uh, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, still might have a bad offensive line and an old, old washed-up quarterback. Well, you're right about the washed-up quarterback, but what you forget about Gurley is he finished fifth and he missed the first four games of the oh, season. Oh, yeah, that's right. God, he was so, incredible. Remember, he was coming off of a torn ACL. Yep. So there, there's Saquon's healthy. That offensive line is better than it was last year. The addition of Solder at left tackle, Will Hernandez at left guard, really improves the outlook. And I think the fact that the Giants have so many weapons in the passing game will force safeties to kind of step a few steps back from the line of scrimmage. That'll only help Saquon. The fact that he catches passes will help him. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a better year than Ty Gurley. I just hope that Pat Shermer and the Giants don't do the stupid thing which, you know, give John Stewart work and give Wayne Gallman work in the passing game. I hope that doesn't happen. It will. But, you know, it's like we we we, we get high expectations for, for players, rightfully so, and then, you know, you kind of realize, like, the, the teams want to do things that are more along the lines of what's probably rational. Um, but that that's the only thing I think that could be frustrating for, for Barkley. I, I don't think the offensive line is going to be a problem for him. I don't think the surrounding 
players are going to be a problem for him outside of the guys that he shares that running back room with, which, you know, I, I think could from a couple weeks of the season could be annoying. Well, there's name, nothing rational about giving Jonathan Stewart touches. Right. Name the second best running back in New York right now. On the I mean, Giants, I, I, I don't, I would, don't be silly I, and name. Somebody. I would say Gallman, but, you know, I would imagine Gettleman. Paul Perkins? Bring, I don't think he makes the team. Yeah. And he's not. got this pec injury that, you know, may. My point is, is that I just, I don't think that there's a running back who's good enough to take touches away from him. Other no, than but, Jonathan Stewart taking three or four carries yeah, a but game. Yeah, it's, but it's the same thing. Like, you know, we, we had this conversation on, on the Fantasy Football Today podcast about the, the Lions. Like, LeGarrette Blunt and Jonathan Stewart, to me, are a little similar type of guy. And obviously Barkley is much better, much more talented than Carryon Johnson. But you could see a situation where Blunt, Dave, you said this about Blunt taking goal line work ahead of Johnson, or maybe Azer said that. I, 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 I could see Stewart on occasion, maybe it's five times for the season, and that's five touchdowns that Barkley does. You know, it's just well, stupid stuff like let's, that. Like let's that. not forget that literally last year, the GM of the Giants drafted a running back in the fir- in the top ten. And let Jonathan Stewart take all the red zone carries. I mean, like, right. I know he's not coaching, but it is a pretty similar situation. So it's not, it's not out of the question. And that's certainly a thing you need to worry about if you were drafting Saquon Barkley early, but he will be a fun guy to have. Who, Jamie, is your, if you had to pick a biggest fantasy winner from the NFL draft, who would you target as your biggest fantasy winner? Rookie or otherwise? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Whoever based, based on how the rookies got drafted. I mean, it's hard not to look at Matt Ryan and say that he won because he got another weapon. Mm. You know, so I, I think for a guy that's coming off such a down season, you know, to go from the MVP two years ago to, you know, just a terrible, terrible year last year that, you know, he, he was going to bounce back to what level? It's hard to say, but now he should bounce back in a bigger way because they gave him a first round talent at the running, at the wide receiver position with, you know, Calvin Ridley. Same thing happened in Carolina with DJ Moore mm. and that DJ Moore is there. And I'm not the biggest DJ Moore fan. I do like him. And I do think he's going to play a role in Carolina this year, but Cam Newton need, needed more weapons. And he's got it now. Think about all the guys he can throw to with the Panthers. He's got Funchess, Olsen, DJ Moore gives him a different dimension. Christian McCaffrey, I don't think we've seen the best from him yet. Agreed. I, I, I think, and on top of that, you know, Cam's going to run. I, I, I know North Turner's there. I don't think he's going to, install a whole new offense. I think Cam's just going to be Cam. I think that's the lesson we learned last year. Panthers tried to hold him back a little bit, and it didn't work. So they said, all right, screw it. Go ahead and, and be you, and they made the playoffs. What if and Norv- I would imagine that's what's going to happen this year. What if, Nor- what, if, what if Norv just runs the same offense and is just a better play caller? I hadn't I hadn't thought about that outcome. for Because like, with Norv, you think about the seven-step drops with, with Cam – and yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, you can't do that with that offensive. Their offensive line is not that good. That's the only downside to what happened with Cam, but I agree. Um, both those guys got better. And I think when you look at these quarterbacks too, and I know you guys, uh, subscribe to this philosophy, but last year, if you drafted Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees early, and those are two of the top quarterbacks or Matt Ryan, you got burnt by taking a quarterback early. Now, Tom Brady paid dividends. Um, but he's going to be, for, you know, 41 next year. And Rogers, you know, is coming off that injury. Drew Brees, they're going to focus on the run, running the ball. I, I think that Matt Ryan and Cam Newton are two quarterbacks that te- that people who like to wait on quarterbacks should absolutely target. What about a uh, what about a loser from a fantasy perspective, Jamie? In terms of someone whose value took a hit, and you can't say Joe Flacco, even though Joe Flacco is a draft loser, because no one in their right mind would start Joe Flacco in fantasy, right? Um. I, I was I was uh, 
hoping for Rex Burkhead to get an opportunity to be mm. a little bit more of a featured option. You know, he had that great performance at the end of the 2016 season with the Bengals. And then last year, you know, we didn't know what Deion Lewis was going to be coming off the injury, and clearly that was uh, – he was the best running back there. But, you know, drafting Sony Michelle in the first round, that, that shows you that they still view Burkhead as a, you know, complementary piece, not as, a, not as a feature option. So the, the two backfields that got ruined, I think, um, by the Georgia guys – <laughs> are, are the ones yeah. that that kind of frustrate me the most from the rookie perspective because I wish those guys landed in somewhat better situations and the backfields that they're there because Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson you can't trust them now and and you can't trust the guys in New England outside of Michelle and and it's hard to even say you could trust them. Dave, you got a uh, a loser from the from the NFL yeah. draft? Well, one of my favorite young running backs in the league was Chris Carson with the Seahawks, yeah. and I really love the way that he fit in there. And it kind of tells you something when the team spends a first round pick on a running back when they need so many other things. I, I, you could almost list every position that an NFL player could play and the Seahawks needed. They quarterback, they're okay. They're, they're, well, they could use a backup. Linebacker. They got one. Uh, well, they did. But with that first round pick, I'm surprised A, that they stayed in the first round because usually they trade out of the first round and B, that they took a running back. So they clearly love Rashad Penny's skill set. It tells me that they're going to use him on three downs. I don't love I the so. supporting cast around him, but he's he's going to crush Chris Carson's value and makes me a sad little man. Where where I mean this we're like, we're recording this three days after the draft, so I don't anticipate. Like you said, we're doing a magazine draft. We did a magazine draft on Tuesday afternoon, so I don't anticipate that you guys have a great sense of ADP, average draft position at this point. But where's where's a guy like Rashad Penny going? Where's Nick Chubb going? Where's um you know uh the other who's the other rookie that we were just talking about? I mean, like we, like these guys, uh, Michelle. Yeah, I, sorry, I Michelle. think you know the of the the Good top guys. seven backs. You know, Chubb is probably going to be the one that falls the most just because, again, where he went. Um, and, and I think Michelle is probably a step above him, uh, with carry on Johnson somewhere. Those, those are probably the three bottom guys. Um, the top guys, I would anticipate we talked about Barkley in the first round. Then I think you'll see Geis and, uh, Jones and maybe, uh, Freeman and Penny as that four to five range, mm-hmm. you know, once we start looking at running back, you know, the, those guys are, uh, at least for me, they're ranked in, in the, you know, 20s, early, or early 20s. So I, I think, you know, those are the next three guys, four guys that come off the board, and then the two Georgia guys and, and, and Johnson would be next. They'll all be gone by 70th overall. Oh, wow. The, the, the six guys. Okay. Barkley, you know, will be, but Jones, Geis, Michelle, Penny, Freeman, not necessarily in that order. They'll all be gone by the end of round six. Is, is Geis the number two guy right now for you? Or do you have? Because I mean, guys, I mean, look, they got some Ajay P. Ryan and Chris Thompson, and um, I mean, the, the depth chart is pretty full in Washington. But he, that dude, could be a beast if that offensive line stays healthy. Yeah, and and you know, last year it was the two tackles missing so much time with yep. Trent Williams and, and Morgan Moses. I, I agree with you. Uh, for me, he's second. Um, he's I have it different in different formats. So in PPR, I have Jones ahead of guys. In standard, I have guys ahead of Jones because I I think you look at what the opportunity is for Jones. And it's it's pretty amazing, you know. I mean, if that Tampa offense clicks the way that's capable of, yeah, another offensive line that's still, I think, in flux. But, um, you know, when when you look at Peyton Barber and, and Charles Sims and, and Jacquez Rogers, those really are just guys. And, and like you said, I don't really worry about P Ryan as much. I, I think Chris Thompson, if he's right, you know, coming back from the broken leg will hurt guys in the passing game because Jay Gruden does love him as much as he you know showed last year. So 
Uh, but guys, to me, if that offense does the, what it's capable of doing, um, and, and that's, you know, looking at it from a purely optimistic view, guys could be right behind Barkley. Geis is the better talent. Jones has the better opportunity. Mm. I don't think it's by much, though. It's I, I think there's a chance Jones plays every down, whereas Geis is definitely going to lose those third down snaps. Yeah, I Thompson think that'll, that'll be up to him. He, he should, but it'll be up to him how he, how he performs it. I also think that Tampa Bay's defense is much improved, yes. and that could change the game flow for Tampa Bay, and it could lead to some mega fourth quarter carries for for Jones and I think that offensive line is better than we give it credit for they added Ryan Jensen and and they've added another guy in the draft that that offensive line is going to be sneaky good that team could it's be a tough sneaky division, good though. the NFC East is it a much really better situation is. to run in but I I am always going to gravitate toward and this is why I moved up for Shad Penny over the weekend in my rankings I I am always going to gravitate toward those running backs who have 20 touch potential from game to game and I think Jones has got it he's my number 2 behind Barkley I like it. And, and the other thing about Tampa too, like with Jones, he's so, he's such a home run hitter, but he's also you know, an impact receiving game guy. Is he that, can get better there. He's, yeah. He's okay as a receiver. He could get better there. But like if they, if their defense is good and the offensive line is good, he could be great. And if the defense sucks again and, and the offensive line isn't great, he could still be an impact guy in the receiving game if they're trailing. Like he's not going to come off. I mean, you know, he, I mean, he, he seems like someone who not, not like he's, uh, script proof, but I think he can impact either whether they whether they're good or whether they're bad. You're right; that division is tough. You're talking about trying to keep up with Carolina, um, you know, New Orleans and and uh, and Atlanta in terms of scoring. That's not exactly easy. What the defenses are good? Yeah, yeah, those defenses are much improved. What um, you mentioned those top tier guys. Are there any second tier running backs that uh, that you guys are are targeting in drafts or or looking at that have opportunities? And if you want me to just come out and say it, where would you draft Naheem Hines? <laughs> I don't think he's the best rookie that the Colts drafted. Ooh, I think Jordan Wilkins is in a much better situation, to be honest with you, because I think he has more first and second down capability than than Heinz does. So you, so you, so how would how do you think that backfield shakes out? Because they, they're obviously high on Marlon Mack and used him a sure. lot. Sure, yeah, I think it's C.J. Anderson one, um, Marlon Mack two. Does C.J. Uh, Anderson? I, I think C.J. Anderson is going to sign with one of two teams, which is going to be, you know. Good or bad, depending on how you look at it. I think Carolina and, and Indianapolis make a lot of sense, you know, just given what they they look like. You know, the fact that Carolina comes out and says um, that Cameron Artis Payne is going to take the Jonathan Stewart role, you know, I, I can't imagine Panthers fans are happy about that. No. Um, and then the Colts, you know, that the, having, I think, a, a veteran guy to help pass block <laughs> when you have Andrew Luck's situation, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense too. But if it stands as it is right now, Marlon Mack is somebody that has – you know, uh, a lot of upside. You know, he can catch the ball. Uh, that's been, you know, big for Andrew Luck throughout his career. And, um, you know, Heinz will play in that role too. But um, Mac is the one I think you have to look at and say he could be at least a flex option for you and, and maybe a number two running back. I think if Chubb falls far enough, I would get him on my team and wait for Carlos Hyde to crack. Mm. Sort of like a Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware situation? Exactly. Except what happened was that Spencer Ware cracked in the preseason. Yeah. And uh, it was off to the races with Kareem Hunt. Could you imagine how high Chubb's draft stock would rise? Second if, round? If Carlos Hyde, you know, took a yeah, vacation but and decided still, to not still, come back. still going to be on the passing down. That's true, but I'll, the Chiefs didn't have that. There's still an opportunity. It's just a, more of an opportunity for Chubb. Sure. And what I'm worried about now is that Duke has his role. We all know what it is. He's that third down, passing downs guy for Cleveland. And let's face it, they're going to be in that role still a decent amount. 
and now Hyde and Chubb could end up divvying that first and second down workload where I would imagine it's going to be Hyde for two series and then Chubb gets, you know, a, a token opportunity. And then once Chubb shows that he's good, that'll probably hurt Hyde a little bit. So Chubb is the last of, I would say, eight running backs that I feel good about drafting. And after that, there's just a bunch of guys that if, if you take them, you're just waiting for something to happen. One guy that that could be is Kalen Balaj with the Dolphins because they don't have a lot of depth at that position as of now. Kenyon Drake is still the main guy. He was outstanding last year. I called him Bitcoin because he was hotter than <laughs> anything that you could possibly find. But, you know, what's happening to Bitcoin right now is it's starting to fade a little bit. And if that happens with Drake, then Balaj could come in there. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, he could he could end up taking a little bit of work. I like him better than Hines if, I, if I'm throwing darts at running backs in the late rounds of my seasonal leagues um, and and dynasty for that matter. Balazs is going to go ahead of Hines. A um, couple of late round flyer guys to consider if you are in the business of, of drafting John Kelly with the uh, from out of Tennessee. Yeah, another, another bad landing spot. If it's dynasty, I don't mind it. If it's a seasonal league, what are you, what are you doing? Are you You're drafting Todd Gurley's backup. Well, yeah, you take a late round flyer on a guy. Yeah, he's, that... he's a lottery ticket, you yeah. know, but then you're, <laughs> you're hoping that <laughs> the Gurley lottery is at the number one overall pick in fantasy yeah. football doesn't do well or gets hurt. That's you, a bad lottery to play. You mean like the last two years when the number one overall pick, or actually the last three years, cause you had Lev Bell got, uh, towards ACL. You had, uh, uh, David Johnson got hurt early, and Zeke Elliott was involved in the legal stuff. I mean, I don't know, worth a flyer. I would say, uh, I would say that John Kelly and there was one more guy. I had, oh, Bo Scarborough would be a guy. Just two. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm saying like the last three rounds of your draft. If you, I mean, like you know, if you if you already picked a defense because you're a clown, or you already picked a kicker, you know, go get Bo Scarborough. I mean, worth a flyer, worth a flyer, worth a gamble on. How long would you keep him on your roster for? Uh, it's probably a situation it's, where I drop him after four weeks, and then the next right, week, exactly. Kelly so gets why hurt. pick him? Well, what, what's your well, other? I mean, option? you're doing that with any late round pick, so yeah. Well, no, but you, if, if if you had your druthers, you'd pick late round picks that you're willing to be patient you're taking, with. You're taking late round picks that you're hoping could get off to a hot start. No, I don't, no I, you I, want I don't, guys that get off to a hot start of the season. No, I think you look at late round picks as John Kelly situations. If if you have if if the Cardinals had somebody that was talented last year, and David Johnson gets hurt in week one. You're set up for success. If you draft early enough, I had one draft last year where I took Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt. That worked out pretty great. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, of course you're taking chances with late-round picks with guys that could be studs early on. That's well, the way you draft and the way you win. And I think a lot depends, too, on what happens with your team in the first couple of weeks. Like, if you win the of first— Of course. You know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you've got if you've got guys who are overperforming and you've hit on your early-round picks, then you want to all stash those guys for a long time. Now, if, Absolutely. if my team sucks and I need to replace some guys, then I'm going to, you know, drop Bo Scarborough for some hot waiver-wire option. Talk, um, to me about, talk to me about the guy that drafted Alvin Camaro with a late-round pick, the yep. idea that you just had. And then the first three weeks of the season, it's Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram and Kamara's not doing anything. And you get impatient or you need somebody else because someone gets hurt on your team and you cut Kamara before the whole Adrian Peterson. But your theory was right. Trade went down. That's the, the whole thing. Is that's that what great. you're doing. My theory is right, but I'm not getting the benefits. Of but it. you just you, argued you against cutting yeah, with that, a lot of those. But, well, that's the whole point. If but, you're but, able to be patient with it, that's how you win in fantasy. If you're not able to be patient with then it, don't take have them. a stupid draft and pick somebody that you're never going to play either. Of course, you're going to take guys with potential. That's how you win. Okay, the Kamara thing is a great example because I watched somebody in our league last year take Kamara and he dropped him, and then the 
a-hole, my, my best friend, Nathan, who's won our league like three years in a row and loves to rub it in my face as I do it for a living, picked up Kamara and won the title. And the year before, two, yeah, the year before, I drafted on Pete Prisco's very advice on the, on the fantasy show, uh, David Johnson picked him up, you know, in a later round, held on to him, held on to him, desperately had to drop somebody because Des Bryant was hurt and whatever. This is David Johnson's rookie year, dropped him like week eight. And then the same guy who won the title picked him. I mean, like that's what you just got to be patient. You got to be willing to to ride out your. Yeah, but I mean, like, I understand Dave's point. Like, you, you, there are some situations where you can't be patient. But you said sure. it. Well, if your team gets off to a good start, that affords you the luxury to be a yep. little bit more patient, and you don't have to be chasing players off the waiver wire. On top of the fact that if your waiver goes based on your record, you don't have the luxury of getting the hot guy Correct. off waivers every week. So you don't really want to waste that waiver spot. Let's but, just draft the hot guy off of waivers before. Waivers even That'd start. Be the point. That's but that's, that's why you go with Alvin Kamara. <laughs> I don't right. understand. Um, okay. What about the wide receivers and tight ends? This is not a uh, heralded. You mentioned DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. This is not a heralded wide receiver class. But, I mean, those guys did land in, in pretty decent spots in terms of, um, like, there, no point is DJ Moore going to be a wide receiver, too. But he could be a flex option, right? I mean, he could if he gets all those targets that Funchess got last year, which mm. if you're if you're drafting him in that spot, why wouldn't you try and focus on him at least as much as you can? I, I think and, – and I can't remember. I really haven't gone back and looked at it too much, but I can't just remember off the top of my head. You might, Will, of guys that were drafted into potentially being the number one guy in several instances like we have this year. Like, Ridley's not going to be the number one guy. I mean, that's just the unfortunate situation right. for him. But you have DJ Moore, could easily be the number one guy in, in Carolina. You have Michael Gallup, could easily be the number one guy for Dallas. There's probably one or two that I'm, I'm missing. But, um, you know, the, the, they're just in spots where they step in and – Anthony Miller in, in Chicago is not – Yeah, but I, it's hard to say that Allen Robinson's not the number one guy. No, 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 but I mean, could be. Like Could be, sure. You know. um, I, I think, you know, just in terms of Moore, he – Dante has, Pettis. Uh, he, huh? Dante Pettis with the 49ers. Now, I mean, you got mm. – Yeah, he's more of a special team guy to me. But um, I, I think you look at, at Moore's situation. To me, it's the best on the table, and he's in the best spot to have the most fantasy success right away. How high would you – Where is he a late-round flyer guy, or is he a middle – I think it depends on how the draft goes. I, I would say, like, round eight is where I would start to, you know, put him on my radar in that in that range just because, again, if if he's going to get 100-plus targets, there's, there's a good track record of guys with 100 targets, and – Punches was one last year. So uh, North Turner's track record with receivers is great. So I think you look at what the potential for more could be, could be fantastic. Anybody? Well, yes, Dave. There, There isn't a receiver in this draft class as of now worth taking before round eight. That's probably right. And it might be – there's a lot that's still going to shake out. But I think we've already identified the four wide receivers that have a chance to be like the best of this class. And they all have they all have their own – issues Ridley is an awesome talent he's not going to be the number one receiver in Atlanta unless something happens to Julio Jones DJ Moore awesome talent shares the field with a lot of other players including a quarterback that likes to run for touchdowns inside the 10 Anthony Miller busy passing game now in Chicago it's going to be a good passing game but there's no guarantee he's going to do great but Gallup is the interesting one because you look at Dallas's receiving core, and it's really, it's, it's yeah, terrible. It's horrible. It's, it's almost like a, it's almost comedy. It is comedy. It's it's, it's, it's like it's a um, it's like it, it's like Dak Prescott is is in the Truman Show, and they're trying to like they're trying to like see if he'll crack and, and lose his mind by surrounding him with Alan Hearns, Terrence Williams, and and Michael Gallup. Right. Hey, don't forget about Cole Beasley. Oh, Beasley by the Thompson. way, hot sauce. 
Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, Gallup is a good receiver. If you've watched him play, he's got good size, right, runs good routes, has good hands. How far off is he from Des Bryant? Maybe he's not so far off. And if training camp comes around and he's clearly starting, that might he might get the most targets of any rookie receiver. So this is a fluid position. There is the top four. None of them are going to be guys that fantasy owners are dying to reach for. But all four of them are guys that you might want to get on your team, draft them in round eight, round nine, and be patient with. They're all worth being patient with. I'll say this uh, very confidently. This rookie class will be better than last year's rookie class. <laughs> the the rookie wide receiver class? I would hope so. Yeah, was so God, his top ten guys. Ross. Thank God for Juju. Yeah, John Ross, Mike Williams, and um, Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Whew. Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis. Speaking of, speaking of liking Corey Davis. They, and, they, they combined, I think, if I'm correct. Uh, in the regular season, no touchdowns. Yeah, and I would I would guess that the over under on receptions for all three of those guys blindly without looking is like twelve. <laughs> Corey, Corey, no, Corey, no, it's more than. No, I know Corey Davis. Corey Davis, ever, Corey Davis had a couple of good games in a really nice playoff game. Corey Davis is one of those guys where if I was picking like as I'm sort of going into the season, I would eye him as sort of one of my guys that I'm I'm targeting. I'm curious. Uh, and we'll get you out of here on this, Jamie and Dave. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg, Dave at Dave Richard. Are there any, is there anybody that you're sort of, cause like, this, like, Costos and I were talking yesterday, we both like the Bears over at six and a half, and there are a couple different teams oh, yeah. I see where I like the over-unders, and, I, and I'm starting to sort of, you know, gravitate towards that. Are there any players in fantasy, um, as you sort of head into the offseason where you're gravitating towards that you, you know are gonna be your guys? Uh, Josh Gordon for me. Ooh. How? Burton for me. Trey, I like Ooh. Trey too. What, well, um, when on Gordon, when are you taking Josh Gordon and are you banking on six starts from Baker Mayfield, eight starts from Baker Mayfield? I, I like how he fits with both the quarterbacks in Cleveland. Yeah. I, I liked how he fit with Tyrod to begin with because Tyrod loves to chuck it. You know, he just didn't have anybody good to chuck it to in, in Buffalo other than Sammy Watkins when Sammy was there. And I think Mayfield will be able to do the same thing. And I think defenses are going to be in a real bind against this offense. And already covered it. Cleveland's going to be playing from behind still a decent amount of the time. It's going to mean a lot of passes. And as long as Josh Gordon is healthy and on the field, you know what his potential is. I think the quarterback upgrade will be great for him. So round five for him. Wow. He won't be there. You don't think so? No, he's around round four I'll take him in round four then. Josh Gordon in round four. That is that is a high risk. High you no, know, it's funny. Pick. It's funny, Will. We we went through a period for about the last two years where it was you got to take all these running backs and wait on a wide receiver. It, it's kind of flipped a little bit. You know the the receiving the receiver position uh, with Dez struggling. We don't know what Andrew Luck situation that hurts T Y Hilton. You know you have this group of guys with Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey coming back from the the shoulder injury. Um, Julian Edelman coming back from the knee injury, Brandon Cooks in a bad spot with the Rams. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that you're looking at and saying, I don't really love these as my number one guy. Mm. They're okay as number two, but the running back position, I mean, think about the guys we just went through. All these rookies, uh, you know, landing in Seattle, potential starter, Detroit, potential starter, Giants, new starter, um, Tampa Bay, Bay, new starter, you know, the Colts, we'll see what happens, but new starter, you know, so there, there are spots opening up for these running backs that, okay, I could take this as my three, my two, you know, however your, your, your team shakes out. But the, the number one receivers are just, you know, it seems like they're dying. And so, like, to get, yeah. to get Josh Gordon as your second guy where you go maybe running back, receiver, receiver, 
or you know some combination of that. Right. If, in round four, I'm taking them all day. See, for me, I think the best case scenarios, and, I, and I've been doing this for a few years now, but I want to go unless I'm in the top three of the draft. At which point, I'll probably go with um, Zeke Elliott, Lev Bell, you know, David, one of the one of the top tier Gurley, one of the top tier running backs. But I'd almost rather be at like eight, nine, ten, and be able to get a stud wide receiver because you're probably going to get AJ Green there with a, you know an AJ Green type, and then on the wrap you can pick up like a Mike Evans, and you come out of the first two rounds with AJ Green, Mike Evans, and then I'm I'm going to just pepper my roster, especially in PPR with some of these younger running backs who, you know, have situations that you don't know are going to happen. Like Duke Johnson isn't a great running back in terms of a fantasy starter, but if it's a PPR league, you can start that guy every week because he's at least going to give you a low, you know, high floor, right? Sure. You have Duke Johnson. You have um, James White. You know, if you want to go a step further, you have Theo Riddick. You have Chris Thompson. I mean, yeah. I think Tariq Cohen's going to be one of those guys. Uh, there, there are several that can help you in that regard, but I think your your theory is correct. If you take those two you know, two of those top seven wide receivers, whatever the case may be. Um, to me, there's about 10 of them uh, in terms of the number one guys. But you take two of those upper echelon receivers and then just load up at running back is, you know, five of the next six picks. Get 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 four wide receivers. You need at least four. But take a healthy amount of running backs and then just wait on quarterback. You know, I mean, mix a tight end in there depending on, you know, who falls to you and who you like. But the running back position got a lot deeper. The, the the wide receiver position, at least of the the guys going into it, right now looks a little bit thin. All right, uh, we'll get you out of here on this, guys. If you uh, if you could, you know, your kids are too old to do this, so I should instead. Guac or queso? Queso, guac. Go. Good answer, Jamie Eisenberg at Jamie Eisenberg on Twitter at Dave Richard. The two, uh, two, the two. You get. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage like Heath. And Chris Towers and, and Scott White. I mean, like, you know, and A's are, but you we're, guys, we're a staff, our fantasy staff. Yeah, the be, it, is, staff. it is by far the best fantasy staff in the world uh, in, on the Internet, wherever you go. Check out the magazine draft that will be coming up soon. Can't reveal the results. Follow them on Twitter. Um, if my, my dad loves your advice, by the way. He calls, you know, he calls, he calls you, the two of you and Heath, the three musketeers whenever you make a bad decision. <laughs> he, he, nice. he texts me. It's very nice. Um, <laughs> Thanks for joining the Pick 6 Podcast, guys. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Will.